You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, my, 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 it is episode 372 of Bride Chilla. I'm Alicia. I am here to help you plan your wedding without losing your shit and murdering everyone. Don't murder people. It's not good. Speaking of murder, I've just come off the London Tube. I live in London. I'm an Aussie. I am commuting to my day job. And often, uh, I don't think of murdering people. That's not what I'm getting at. But often people are so Debbie Downer and fucking hating life. I have to put on my Spotify playlist when I'm not listening to podcasts and blast some positive 80s music, which reminds me of American Psycho and murdering everyone. Okay, that's uh, taken a different path than I expected. Welcome to the show. Today is, do you like how I just carried on there? Because people are probably like, call the emergency services. She said murder six times early into a wedding planning podcast. It's just been a long day. But I'm really happy to be here because today's episode is all about answering your fabulous voice messages. I have compacted a bunch. Well, I don't know if I've compacted yet. Let's see how many I get through, how much time I spend talking about murdering people. Very inappropriate. I have a lot on my list and I'm going to try and just power through and answer as many of your fabulous questions as possible. I love your voice messages because I get to hear your voice. Duh. I get to hear the tone so I can read into things a little bit more and make drastic judgments where perhaps it's not appropriate. And also, it's just nice to know that, hello, the people are out there. Not that I know, don't know people are out there because you send me lovely messages and dims, it's dims, and uh, other things, et al. Uh, but just nice to hear your voice. So let's not... Let's not forget the voice message opportunity exists. If you have a question, I do appreciate your emails, but it's also very nice to hear your voice. And don't get nervous. Listen to me. I talk all the time. I don't get nervous. It's just like you're talking to a friend. Hi, Leisha. This is blah, blah, blah. Here's my question. Love you long time. You don't have to say that. Just just talk as if we're friends, which we are. A big thank you to our friends who have invested listen to that business talk, invested in the Bride Chiller Guides, our very own, why did I pause? Like I had to think about it. I've written the friggin' things. Our very own wedding planning guides. I say our because Rich, my husband and I have created these guides at our kitchen bench. But don't think that it's kitchen bench quality. It's fucking amazing quality because we found a printer and we stuck it to the man. The man is the big publishing houses. And we're like, We're going to do this ourselves because we don't want to be told what we can and can't do in our very own books. One of the things was they didn't like swearing. Fuck that shit. So thanks to everyone who has invested in a Bride Chiller Guide. Um, We are really delighted every time someone makes a purchase, whether it's via Amazon or via bridechillerstore.com. It goes, and Rich and I look at each other lovingly and we high five because that's a really big achievement. There you go. A silly little window into our world. Okay, let's uh, hit. Let's hit it. Let's do it. Who are we talking to, Caller? Hi, Alicia. My name is Kelsey, and I'm getting married this August. Um, I had a concern regarding last names. <laughs> uh, I'm not taking my fiance's last name, and I know I'm not the first uh, bride to do this, but it kind of feels like I am with a lot of the pushback I've been getting which I was really surprised about, um, even from within my own family. And 
I, I was just wondering if there was any advice you could give about how to kind of cope with that. And then also, how how do I tell my guests, um, other than those who are like super close to me, you know, the guests that are coming to the wedding, you know, that are already addressing me as, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, um, how do I tell them nicely that I'm not taking his last name? That's not in a way that's like, you know, really grandstanding or anything. Um, I kind of want to put it in the invite, but I know that that's super weird. Um, but I'm just kind of at that level of annoyance right now with it. So yeah, that would be super helpful if you or any other bride shells had any advice about that. And then I also had a question about just last names in general, um, because I do love the idea of a family name, especially when we eventually have have kids I want us you know I want them all to have the same last name so I was wondering if people really thought that hyphening was the best idea or um or not or if it's just something that unfortunately we just have to make the best of it even though it's not an ideal situation um so I would love to hear what you or other bride chillers have done or or have to say um but yeah thank you happy days Kelsey, great questions. I know the name changing, should you change, should you not change, should you hyphenate, should you not hyphenate, etc., etc., is a really big conversation starter in the bride chiller community. And rightfully so. We're in a time where we have so many options. There's flexibility. It is not taboo to not take your partner's name when it comes to getting hitched. I know in our parents' and grandparents' age, it was probably a little bit more controversial. People will be questioning it a bit more. And there are members of our community, probably the olds, that are a little bit more traditional when it comes to it. And sometimes they just need a little bit of a, as we'd say in Oz, wake up Australia moment. Makes no sense to anyone outside of Australia, but kisses to everyone that got it. A bit of a wake up moment to say, actually, this is what I'm choosing to do. It's really meaningful to myself and my partner. We are really happy with it. And... I don't care what you have to say. I know, Kelsey, that's not appropriate advice. I think you're looking for me to give you some wonderful phrase. I think it's really important just to say, this is a decision we've made. We hope you respect it. We're a team, but teams don't just have to have the same names. We uh, have shown our commitment, and this is my choice. Also, I suppose if people use your husband's name on your wedding night at the wedding. Maybe there's an element of just letting it wash over you. I'm not saying just give up, but also you have better things to think about than having to just explain your feminist individual choices to people that aren't necessarily going to get it straight away. I think we were talking a couple of episodes ago with our lovely friends uh, from One Fab Day, and I think Claire said, you know, it's not worth having discussions like that at a wedding where you've just got so much else to do and also convincing people that aren't getting it. It's just sometimes a bit of a waste of time, especially in a moment where you should be just having a good time. When it comes to bubs, it's really interesting with other choices that you have. Again, it's it's a very modern take to do a hyphenated name. Maybe you're comfortable with your future babies having your husband's name, or perhaps you can yeah combine the names and give them both. I think, again, it's completely a personal decision. It's up to you as a team. And if you decide to hyphenate, or if you decide that the kids have your name, 
Maybe one kid could have your name and the kid, the other kid could have your partner's name. That'd be confusing, but that's fine because it's your decision. I use two names. I use my maiden name, McCormack, professionally just because I've had it for a long time. I love it and I, it's a big part of my life, Ovs. And then I use Maddox Rich's name um, as my sort of formal name. <laughs> My formal name, my show name, and it suits me just fine and I feel like I have the best of both worlds. But that is, again, my decision, not saying it's the right decision for anyone else listening, but I know in workplaces, um, you know, it can be sometimes great to keep that original name. I was really comfortable and delighted to be sharing a name with Rich um, and I love being the Maddox, but, you know, that's my choice and it doesn't mean I'm less of a feminist, it doesn't mean I'm less of anything. Let's be kind and gentle and not judgy to each other and just do what makes you happy. That's about equality. That's about as best as equality can be when we are doing things that are good for ourselves, we're not hurting other people, and uh, we're making the decisions. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your question. And your wedding's coming up soon. Woo! Hey Alicia, this isn't a question so much as a thank you. I was looking at some notes that I'd written for a vendor about two months ago before I started listening to your podcast and underneath the part where I'd written about having 100 free chairs provided by the venue, I'd said, oh, but considering lycra chair covers in blue or green would be fab. And I literally laughed out loud and said, who the fuck are you? And I deleted it and I just wanted to say thank you for giving me the courage, the inspiration to get rid of shit like that that we don't need. I'm so appreciative for you and I'm so grateful I found you. Thank you so much. See ya. Bridechilla Becca, I feel like that's a lovely New Zealand accent. Thank you. Thank you so much. When I get these messages, it it warms my bones, if that's a real thing. It really makes me... So happy to hear that you are making decisions that are right for you. And also to find that little bit of paper, that time capsule of of Becca before Bride Chiller, BB, and then now after where you can just shed some of that ridiculous pressure to worry about fucking chair covers because no one fucking cares. Top job. Hi, Alicia. This is Brianna. Um, I love listening to the podcast. It's been super fun, uh, super helpful. I love, you know hearing that I don't have to follow stupid traditions that I don't like because, uh, you know, girl power and everything. I'm not giving myself away. I'm just, you know, finding someone to love forever and have a good time with. But it's been super fun planning our wedding. We've had a lot of time. We started in July when we got engaged last year. And um, it's been really super easy until we've hit our first real roadblock. And what happened was that we work at this place that does weddings. Uh, we don't work in the wedding department. I'm an accountant and um, my fiance is on the grounds team. We booked the wedding knowing that there was going to be a new building built and that we could rent this other ceremony space. They usually don't come in a package together, but they said that they would let us do it because they didn't have a precedent for the new building. And that because we worked there, we were all friends and we booked super early. So a couple of days ago, they told us that that actually wasn't going to work out, even though we had paid our $500 deposit, uh, knowing that we would be able to have this one ceremony space and the venue. They said we could change the ceremony space, which is the reason we booked in the first place, so we really don't want to do that, or change the reception venue into a smaller building that I hate and I, I know I hate it because I work there. 
and the reason that we have to change is because they double booked and they told us they could get more revenue out of changing our wedding and like as their accountant I'm like yeah great idea but as a as a couple I I hate that I feel really disrespected by my coworkers and my friends and the people that were supposed to be taking care of my wedding so now we have this issue where everyone else seems to be booked because we booked this super far in advance and now it looks like we're scrambling and now I don't know if we should just suck it up and change it with the old venue or if we should really, really try to find somewhere else or if I should like say, put the whole wedding in the fucking bucket and not get married and we'll just live with our dog forever. I don't know. I have no clue, but I know that you and some of the other chillas will have some sort of crazy wise advice for me. I know it in my soul. So thank you for all you do. I love listening to you guys. You guys meeting you. Okay, thank you. Brianna, I'm speaking on behalf of everyone listening to this podcast right now. Oh, fuck them. I mean, give me strength. I'm so annoyed and put out for you because what, listen, this, okay, just, uh, come on, what I am reading here, what you've said is you booked a venue, you work at the venue, fine. They, I don't, maybe they've given you mates rates, I'm unsure, but then they've said, uh, 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 we've got someone else coming along. We're going to give the gig to them instead of you, even though this is your wedding and we're your friends and you work for us and we respect each other, but we don't now because now we're going to push you under the bus and make you go for the crappier area, even though you hate that bit. So they're just sort of saying that the money, I'm just, I know we all know this, but I just want to make sure this is what's happening. The money from another gig, another booking is more important than keeping their friend and colleague happy and content on her and his wedding day. Here's the thing about me, bride chillers, uh, and people that know me will probably know this, is that fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, no fucking way you're fooling me twice because I really hold on to things. I know it's not healthy, but if you wrong me, and I don't mean this like a psycho psychopath, I haven't talked about murder again at the beginning of the show, just remember, but you know what? If you make mistakes, I'm very willing to, to be forgiving. But also, if if I receive bad service and it's genuinely shitty and they don't care, I'm really happy to walk away and never come back. If you are a bad friend and I truly believe you don't know that you've been bad and even if I confront you and say, I was really hurt by your actions or things didn't go that well, what's going on and you still don't get it, then maybe you don't deserve my friendship. And part of me thinks that you need to take a step into the Alicia zone and just fuck them right off. I'm angry. I'm angry on your behalf. Yes, I know people listening are like, yes, but they work there. They want to stay nice. They want to keep it cool. But also there's a way to do this without being an ass yourself. We're just saying, look, our expectations haven't been met. We love this venue. We work here. We know how it works. And we were hoping that you would care enough about what we are doing, our union, our celebrations, and that we've made the choice to celebrate here on your property to treat us in a way that was of the same manner you would treat a paying, full-paying total stranger couple. That's just where it is with me. I don't know if I'm being too rash, too emotive, but also it doesn't sit well with me. I think you should just branch out, explore your options and see what else is available because also there's a sense of satisfaction by saying, fuck you very much. We're going to pick up our bag 
and just chuff off. I sort of think that would be quite satisfying. But again, you're listening to someone who has a slightly resentful, vindictive streak in her personality that just sometimes find satisfaction in that sort of stuff. you got to get to know me. You like me. People are like, I love Alicia. She's great. She's positive. But there's a little part of me that's not. Please write and tell us uh, what you've decided to do. And chillers, if you have an opinion that isn't as sort of dark-hearted as mine, then leave a message. Send a raven. Tell us about it. I need a stiff drink after that. Now look, now look, it's like there's an announcement. There's no announcement. The announcement is there'll be more of the Bride Chiller podcast. Your questions, my answers, lots of me getting angry for no reason after this. Chillers, if you are looking to make a statement to bring in more of your personality and who you are as couples and individuals into your wedding invitations and celebrations, then can I suggest you investigate the opportunity to create your very own wedding newspaper? That's right. You can make your very own wedding newspaper care of our Bride Chiller partners at Newspaper Club who have been helping people create their very own newspapers since 2009. Now you're saying, Alicia, what do you mean a wedding newspaper? Well, here it is. You can create your very own newspaper that could be a wedding invitation that features directions, information about gifting and information about the day presented in a really tidy, fun way that your guests will be like, what is this? It's a newspaper. How amazing. You could also create an order of service or program that guests can use to understand your wedding ceremony or learn a little bit more about you as a couple. Or something I think is particularly fabulous is a thank you newspaper, which features all of the photographs from your big day. And also you could do a little rundown, a paragraph about why it was such a freaking amazing experience and share a memento that your guests can keep and cherish forever. With flexible print runs starting at just one copy, it is perfect for any size of wedding. You do not need design experience. There are heaps of free templates that are drag and drop that will help you create a fantastic professional looking newspaper. With easy online ordering and fast shipping worldwide, you are guaranteed to make a statement with your own wedding newspaper. Order free samples at newspaperclub.com and get 20% off off your order up to $100 discount with promo code BRIDECHILLER. That is newspaperclub.com. Get your free samples and 20% off your order up to $100 discount per order with your promo code BRIDECHILLER. So what are you waiting for? Get designing and create your very own wedding newspaper now. One of the big conversations in the Bride Chiller community is about how to connect with vendors and figure out if they're right for you. And one of the best ways to do that is to see how the vendor works, to experience their work in person, which is why attending a big fake wedding event will be perfect for bride chillers who are looking to connect with local vendors and see what they do. The Big Fake Wedding was launched in 2008 and it was inspired by a wedding photographer who was looking for a way to effectively build her business and connect with clients. She wanted to create a way of promoting small businesses and inspire 
inspiring couples to see vendors in action. They launched the very first Big Fake Wedding over 10 years ago in Atlanta and now the Big Fake Wedding is being held in over 30 cities across the United States. The Big Fake Wedding supports local vendors and truly believes in helping them grow their passion and their businesses, which is why they keep their vendor team small and their events intimate so that attendees, that's you, my lovely bride chiller friends, get to see the best of the best. The way that the Big Fake Wedding works is it's just like attending a wedding, a party, a function. You get to see all of the vendors in action. You get to enjoy an actual party. You have drinks and eats. You get one-on-one time with each vendor and you get to experience exactly what they do. It really is the opposite of those big commercial wedding shows where you're walking around booths and people are giving you lots of brochures, but you don't really get to connect with them on that level. Attending a big fake wedding will also get you a bunch of lovely swag and exclusive discounts that will help you make the right decisions for your wedding day. There are still 23 big fake weddings left in 2019 from Cape Cod to Detroit, Seattle to Birmingham, Nashville and San Francisco. Bride chillers can get $10 off their big fake wedding tickets by simply using the promo code BRIDECHILLER when you visit thebigfakewedding.com. That is $10 off your very own ticket to your local big fake wedding event all you need to do is visit the bigfakewedding.com use the promo code bridechiller and get ready to attend an amazing event party your buns off and find your fabulous vendors hi alicia my name's tori and i'm new to bridechilla i'm going to be officially engaged within the year i'm super excited to be moving towards a future with my perfect guy but i need advice Over a year ago, I had a traumatic falling out with my ex-fiancé. We had already announced our engagement to my extended family, no paper announcements yet, mind you, and we're making plans, researching venues, establishing a budget. I asked my bridesmaids with gifts. We even had a celebratory dinner with our parents. Since then, I've barely acknowledged that this happened because, one, I was focused on my own healing. It was incredibly painful and took a really long time to mentally recover. And two, I was absolutely mortified thinking what my family would think of this failing or scandal. I'm putting these words in air quotes. Now that I've found the right person, how do I announce my engagement in a fresh way, which separates this hideous, hideous memory from this new, happy, healthy relationship that I want to dedicate my life to? My boyfriend is my best friend, and we have the healthiest relationship I've ever experienced. He's supportive and gives me complete and unconditional love. He deserves our engagement to be acknowledged and celebrated for what it is, not what its predecessor turned out to be. I feel like I cheated him out of authenticity by prematurely moving forward with the wrong person, leaving a bad taste in my family's mouths. My parents love him, so I'm not worried about that at all, but I have a complicated and sometimes unpleasant family tree, all of whom I love and adore individually but have no idea how to broach this subject with, let alone announce another engagement. I would be most appreciative of any advice you have for me. A third-party person might have a clearer, less biased perspective of the situation. Thanks again, Tori. P.S. I really do adore your show. I feel lucky to have stumbled upon it. I'm sharing it with anyone who will listen. It really is in a league of its own. Thanks. Bye. Tori, 
thank you for sharing and for your openness and honesty and trust with asking uh, for my advice and for the advice of our community, especially when it comes to something that is so raw and sensitive and I can hear it in your voice and I want to say I absolutely relate to your situation for those who haven't perhaps heard episode one of this show um, and I've talked about it a little bit throughout the last 370 episodes but I was engaged prior to meeting my husband Rich and we split up five weeks before the wedding. We had everything booked, everything planned. And look, the irony is not lost in the fact that <laughs> my career, well, this part of my career, um, actually stemmed from me writing a stand-up comedy act about unplanning a wedding. This is about 10 years ago now. That's a lie. It's about 13 years ago now. But the hurt and the pain and the embarrassment that I felt, I felt like this jilted woman who wasn't good enough and I felt that he and the experience had really tainted the joy that I wanted to feel and that I thought I deserved to feel, which I did deserve to feel. And so listening to you and, and sort of being in that more, that raw up part of the experience, but then also having the joy of finding someone and someone that makes you happy and that loves you and is committed and devoted and that gets you, that's fucking amazing. I mean, how lucky are you both to have each other? The challenge of then going and being open to people who might not know all the ins and outs of that breakup, and actually, to be honest, it's not their fucking business. And if they care about you, they should be celebrating with you that you managed to get through something that was challenging and hard and was a really tough time in your life and you found another person that treats you better and that you want to spend the rest of your life with. So to me, I think you deserve a really fucking big party and a big celebration. And if people are judgy and if people don't get it, then that is their problem, Tori. It is not worth wasting these precious moments of joy and this you know, euphoria that you feel when you find someone that you love and you want to celebrate and tell everyone about it. And as you said, to have something from the past mar something that is your future is just not worth the energy and time. If people are going to be fucking dicks, that is their problem and it's their sadness to deal with. And if they're going to be gossipy or judgy, sometimes it's really great just to sit people down and reverse psychology them and say, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I was really hurt during that period of my life and just give them a little bit of honesty and a bit of truth. And it's very hard for people to come back from that. But then again, as I say, maybe they don't deserve you to sit there and open up about it. Maybe you don't want to have to rehash that shit. Uh, and I think you should plow on forward. And I really think you should fucking go big or go home on this engagement party and sweep all that other stuff away and just start a new fun, exciting, happy part of your life. We all make errors in judgment. That is life. That is the fucking roller coaster of life that we can think back and cringe. We can go, oh, I shouldn't have gone out with that person. I shouldn't have got engaged with that person. Should have maybe figured out that I want to marry me. <clears throat> that throat clear was clearly for me, not for you, Tori. But in hindsight, I know that if I didn't go through all that, my life would be really different. I wouldn't be in a really satisfying, fun amazing relationship with Rich, my husband. I would not be running Bride Chiller. I know that for a fact. And uh, fuck knows. I don't know what would happen. So I think we need to also embrace these ups and downs and not feel the shame attached to them. 
because it doesn't get you anywhere. There you go. That's my two cents, two pence, two yen. That's far. That does not a good currency exchange for you, Tori. And send my love to your lovely partner who is making you happy because that is the best thing in your message, that you are happy and he is happy. And that should be all that matters. Hi, Alicia. I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. My question is, should I invite my mother to my wedding? And me and my mother have always had a really rocky relationship and a little bit of backstory about me. I was also previously engaged when I was younger and called off my wedding about two months before. And she did not take that very well. She really liked my ex, thought of him as a son. So she didn't speak to me for about six to eight months after I called off my wedding. She didn't like that I started dating my current fiance and refused to meet him for the first year that we were together. Um, She finally agreed to meet him around the holidays. She met him for Thanksgiving. She met him for Christmas. And then in January, when we got engaged, the first thing she said to me was that she had been hoping I'd get back together with my ex, which is a really rude thing to say (laughs) to somebody who's just gotten engaged. Um, And then she did a background check on him, which huge invasion of privacy, but she didn't like that she had found you know, some DUIs and things that he had done when he was younger, just stupid stuff when he was like 20 and he's 30 now. So (laughs) long time ago, not the same person, but she, you know, just found a reason not to like him basically and has refused to have anything to do with him since. And yeah, so me and my mom haven't spoken to each other for the last six to eight months again, <laughs> but it's coming up. We've been engaged a little over a year now, and so it's coming up on to where I'm going to be saving my sending out my save the date soon in June, and I'm trying to decide if I should even bother inviting my mother to my wedding because it's very likely that she won't even come. (laughs) Um, Or if she does come, I don't want her making like snarky, rude remarks all day, you know? So that's my dilemma. That's as compact as I could make it. I could talk about it forever. (laughs) It's very complicated. But yeah, should I invite my mother to my wedding? Thank you. Hopefully... I can hear back from you soon. I have a couple months before I send out my save the dates and how to make this decision. Love your show. Happy days. Oh, Rach, I'm really sad that your mum has these issues and is projecting them on you. And that's my armchair psychology viewpoint, which may or may not be correct to voice that, but that's just how I felt listening to your messages that she's obviously held a candle to your previous relationship and hasn't moved on. And I think that's really sad for her and it's sad for you that she's not embracing that you are in a relationship that makes you happy because surely that's what parents really desire. I hope that's what parents desire for their kids to find love and feel successful and satisfied and you know for whatever reason she as you said is roadblocking it and that sucks for her and it sucks for you. I think with Inviting close family members, even with people that have these issues, and clearly you go for longer periods of time without communication, 
But the fact that you're even considering inviting her or not inviting her shows that you care and you are concerned about the implications of this decision, which, you know, to me is a big beaker, uh, beaker, beacon. It's a beaker. It's a beaker full of beacons. That this decision, sorry, (laughs) this decision is something that's really important to you. My simple answer is this. I try and make decisions in my life that are good for me by doing a bit of a pros and cons, by thinking, is this something, if it doesn't go the way I think it's going to go, will I deeply regret it in the future? I'm very much a personality that just tries to move on with things. I think we just learned that a couple of minutes ago, talking about people that you know, aren't vibing with me about cutting people out or at least not giving them the attention that they need if they're not treating me or our relationship with love and respect. I think you've got to do what's right for you. However, sometimes what's right for you or in this moment, what's right for you could be like, fuck it, I don't want her to come. She's annoying me. She doesn't support my relationship. I don't think she deserves to come along. Fine. But on the other hand, it sounds like you and your mum drift in and each out, in and each out. I'm just going to say, I've tried to re-record saying in and out of each other's lives three times now. Christ. You and your mum drift in and each... I did it again! You come and go. And that brings me to my point. I truly believe in being the bigger person, even if it's with spite. (laughs) Let me explain. If you go into things and say you say to your mum, listen, I would love you to be there to celebrate our happiness. I'd love for us to put aside what differences we have and your opinions about our relationship and just really acknowledge that I am happy and support my happiness and our relationship. It would mean the world to me if you would come along. Now that might just wipe her out of the water. She might be just going, Rach, I had no idea that you felt this way. Shit, I'm going to pick up my attitude and be a better mum and be a better person and support my daughter. Otherwise, she may also say, fuck it, I don't want to come. I don't agree with this relationship. Whatever. She's shown her cards. That is her decision to make. But by doing that, it takes it off the table. It takes the responsibility off your shoulders. You've offered, you've been the bigger person. And also it takes away that opportunity to regret something in the future. Yeah, if she doesn't come, you might regret her decision. But that's that's her thing to deal with, not yours. So that's my advice to you. I think if you really feel like she might come along and if you feel deep in your heart deep deep in your heart that you would be really sad and I think you sound like you would be sad if she didn't come along even with her bad attitude and fucking doing her private detective work which is just weird and I feel like she needs a hobby or something else to do with the time but that is for another time I think perhaps be the bigger person send the invite and see what happens I wish you very good luck and please report back Hi, Alicia. Hi, Bride Chillas. Uh, my name is Elle from New Jersey, and I'm calling to say that wedding planning has made me realize that I don't have maybe the the really close, deep friendships I'd like to have. Um, thinking about who I would choose as my wedding party, if anyone, whether I would do a bachelorette, uh, it's kind of sad. Uh, so if you have any advice, I'd be really grateful to hear it. Thank you. Elle from New Jersey, I know there are thousands of people listening to this podcast that relate to you, that see these pictures that are out in the wedding magazines and on fucking Instagram of these big gaggle of girls and like, hey, they're all wearing their bachelorette swimsuits. And 
I don't relate to that. I am someone that has a limited but fabulous group of friends. I can go for months without talking to them. I can be a little bit insular. Look, we've learned a lot about me this episode. Where's this all coming from? I apologise for making everything about me. It's just the mood I'm in today. But I am I am someone that has, you know, a smaller group of friends. I'm not a big girly girl in that, you know, we're all going to go and get pumpkin lattes. I don't know who this person is I'm, I'm emulating. But... I think there is definitely messaging in the wedding industry that we should be surrounded by eight to ten women, all with a very long hair, um, who are always there by our sides and will be planning everything and blah, blah, blah. I just don't think this is the case for a lot of people, especially a lot of bride chillers in our community. I see this messaging all the time with people saying, I don't know if I want to have any bridal party. Or I don't have a big group of gals that I want to hang out with. Do I need to pick 16 people to be in my bridal party at all? And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when we see this messaging and this imagery. And and I think we should just learn to be okay with doing what we're doing. And maybe this is a, a bit of a call to say you want more female friends or more friends. Maybe it's it's a good message for you to say I, I want to be more open or I want to go and put myself in positions to find more people. Maybe you're happy with a smaller group of peeps and you don't need a bridal party or you don't need that support. But maybe you do want to go out and have a bachelorette party or a hen's party or a bachelor party or whatever we want to call it. And maybe that's triggered something in you to go, oh, I do want to have all that stuff. Maybe I'll just find one or two friends to be a part of a part of my bridal party or that crew, that core crew wedding planning team. I don't know if I have an answer for you, but I just want you to know that the Bride Chiller community is here for you. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, it's a great place to just talk about wedding stuff, especially if you're not surrounded by people that are into it or if you're just like, I don't know if they care or they're interested. So many people are just like, oh, how's that wedding planning going? Okay, great. And that's cool. We're all at different stages of our lives. We live in different places a lot of our friendships are online at the moment. So I'd say if you don't feel the support or if you're a bit confused or you just want to vent or feel like you've got a space to have a chat with other people that get it, visit the Facebook group. Join it. Visit the Facebook group. Could that sound any weirder? I think we all know it could have sounded weirder. I think knowing me, yes, it could. Hi, Alicia. Um, my name's Laura and I'm a bride chiller from Southern California. I'm so happy I found the podcast and I love listening to it while I work. It really helps me de-stress about the planning process and find my chill. My question is one I haven't heard you cover before, so I decided I might as well ask it. So my fiance is Canadian and I'm American. We're applying for a K-1 visa to move him down to the United States, also known as the 90-day fiance visa, but our situation is nothing like the TLC show. Um, we're nearing the end of the process and I think he'll be moving down to Southern California where I'm from in the fall, but we have to get married within 90 days of his move. Our wedding is in February, 2020, which is past the 90 day mark for when I think he's going to move. That means we'll be legally married at the time of our wedding. We're trying really hard to grapple with this. Um, Him moving down closer to the date isn't really an option since long distance sucks, as I'm sure you know, and we want to get him a green card as soon as possible. We plan on having a really small, low-key private courthouse ceremony with my family, but we don't want anyone outside of this really exclusive group we have there to know about our legal status. We're kind of thinking of the whole situation as just registering with the government, 
which helps quell the sad feelings, but not very much. Neither of us is religious, so the whole getting married in the eyes of our Lord thing doesn't really apply to our situation either. I was wondering if you had any advice or tips for this situation. How can we plan a courthouse wedding that is low-key and not really a big deal? How can we navigate these weird, kind of sad feelings about our wedding day feeling less special because we're already legally married? Should we tell everyone that we're legally married, or should we keep it down the DL on the down low and not tell anyone? Um, these are just kind of the the questions I've been grappling with, and any guidance or tips or reassurances would greatly help. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you to change your mindset. This sounds like some sort of pyramid scheme I'm about to introduce you to. I'm gonna introduce you to the Alicia mindset. Here's the thing: you have met someone you love. He loves you. He's moving countries to be with you, so you can be together. And it sounds like a bit of an adventure. Like it's exciting. You're getting visas. You're getting hitched. And I think maybe changing your mindset a little bit about the significance of this courthouse wedding. It means that you can be together. You can be in love and live together and not do this long distance thing. As you said, I've done it. It sucks. And it's really frustrating, especially when you know that clock's ticking. The bureaucratic stuff can be really annoying as well. Can I ask you maybe, instead of feeling bad about feeling that this has been tainted in some sort of way. See it as a really positive step, as a huge milestone in your relationship that you are sharing discreetly with these chosen friends and family, these loved ones that want to be there and support you. Go and have a snazzy meal somewhere, get a lovely courthouse frock and make it an event just for you. Be secret squirrel about it and feel that smugness and that delicious feeling that you are in love. And yet, you've got this other big event, this big party. It might not be big, it could be small, but you've got the formal wedding to plan together and enjoy. But knowing that you've gone through the courthouse event, which was fun and exciting and lovely, that you get to be together. And that's a gift. So, Laura, I totally understand your mindset, but I really hope that by just shifting it slightly and seeing it as a joyous thing, which I know you do, and not feeling disappointed by it. And maybe that just means going that little extra mile, going to a snazzy restaurant, finding that dress that you're like, oh, this is not my wedding wedding dress, but this is a really great pantsuit or something that makes you feel hot. And just go to that little bit of extra effort to make it feel special because it is. There you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Laura, and everyone else listening, I love, love hearing from you. And I hope this inspires you. If you have a question for myself or a guest uh, that is coming on, you're like, how the fuck do I know what guest it is, Alicia? I'm not a fucking Nostradamus. No. What I do is lately I've been posting uh, call-outs in the Bride Chiller community saying, hey, we've got a photographer coming on soon. Or we've got this lovely person who's expert in catering and we were doing themed episodes. So coming up, we have a groom-related episode with um, lovely Nathan Bella from uh, Generation Tux. We also have a fabulous money-themed episode with Shana Game from uh, Millennial Money, who's been on the show before. She's answering all your couple-related budget money questions. We go hard. Gosh, we had some good questions from that. Oh, you really came out with the fucking gold. Challenging shit going on there. It was great. Uh, so lots coming your way, but if you have a specific or general-related question, made no fucking sense, if you have a question 
All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. Head to the contact page and you'll see the link to send me a voice message, whether you record that on your telephone or you leave me uh, a message via the interwebs. You'll see how it all works. I'm not going to explain the internet to you. You get it. You'll follow the prompts. I love hearing from you. Thanks so much again for listening, for your lovely reviews and your kind words. It really means the world to myself and Rich. I read them all out to him. And again, we high five and we feel very chuffed. And then we go to sleep because we're constantly tired doing everything that we do. I love you all. (laughs) Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?